Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Daily Gospel Exegesis podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to go through some feedback and some questions that have come in, as I like to do from time to time. So this will be a mix of some feedback that's come in through Patreon and also through Apple Podcasts, as well as responding to some questions I've received via email. And it's going to be a longer section of feedback today because quite a few bits of feedback and questions have come in recently. So if you just want to jump into today's uh, exegesis episode, you might want to fast forward the episode about 15 minutes from now, and that's when the exegesis will start. So firstly, this is some feedback from Lucy on Patreon. She says, I'm truly blessed to have found this podcast. You have a special gift. My love for the Bible explanations has renewed my love for the Bible. So thank you so much for that positive comment, Lucy. And indeed, the whole point of this podcast, for me, it's grown out of a love of the Bible and wanting to teach people the richness of the Bible. It's not about uh, studying the Bible for its own sake, though. It's about leading people closer to God. And if this podcast is helping you do that and helping you dive deeper into God's word, then that is fantastic. Some feedback from Betsy, who is also on Patreon. She says, the daily exegesis is amazing. I'm sharing with friends, both Catholic and otherwise. I much prefer this to any kind of preaching. Well, thank you for those kind words, Betsy. And it's definitely important that we keep sharing this around to non-Catholics as well, because I do think the Catholic Church's way of interpreting the Bible makes a lot of sense. And it can actually help a lot of non-Catholic Christians who are looking for a firm foundation in how to start interpreting the Bible. You also mentioned that you prefer this to uh, listening to preaching, and it's important to emphasize that usually in homilies or sermons, uh, the the priest or the person giving the homily is usually going to give the text some sort of spiritual meaning or even a personal meaning of the text. What we want to start with in this podcast is the literal sense of the text, which from a Catholic perspective is where you have to start before you dive into a spiritual interpretation of the text. So the two complement each other. And as you grow in your love and understanding of scripture, you should try and develop an understanding of both. But this podcast is helping you learn the literal sense. She goes on here to say, I love the logical approach you take in each episode. And I love that you present different options to difficult verses, then adding in your own preference and allowing the listener to discern theirs, given the context of the situation. And yes, that is important to emphasize in this podcast. We want to give you what the best Catholic scholars are saying uh, about uh, the literal sense of the text. But for many of the verses of the Gospels, it's not always entirely clear. And so we don't want to give you the impression that the literal sense is always certain because it's not. Uh, But what we try and do in this podcast is give you Uh, what some of the leading scholars are saying and different opinions about that, the pros and cons of each view, and helping you come to your own conclusions on what the likely literal sense is. We've had a couple of questions come in about an episode that aired recently, which is Matthew chapter 11, verses 11 to 15. We've had a couple of almost identical questions uh, asked by listeners uh, about how this relates to Mary. So in particular, I'll read here Matthew chapter 11, verse 11. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has risen no one greater than John the Baptist, yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So the question, uh, these two are both uh, Catholic listeners who have asked this question, is doesn't this refute Catholic teaching on Mary? Because here Jesus says that the greatest person to have ever lived is John the Baptist. 
but if you take the Catholic doc- doctrines about Mary seriously, they basically say she's the greatest person apart from Jesus to have ever existed. And she has an exalted place far above even John the Baptist. So, But here, Jesus seems to be saying that John the Baptist is the, the greatest person. So on the face of it, we do have a, a bit of a, a difficult objection here. But there's actually two very strong responses uh, to this objection. And I'll just go through those with you briefly. We'll do a bit of apologetics here, biblical apologetics. So firstly, Jesus here says no one is no one is greater than John the Baptist. He's the greatest person to have ever lived. But of course, we know that Jesus himself was definitely greater than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist acknowledged that in some of the things he said. He said that Jesus is greater than he. That's something John the Baptist actually says in the Gospels about Jesus. Jesus clearly knew that he himself was greater than John the Baptist. So the fact that Jesus here just says John the Baptist is the greatest, that should tip us off that he's limiting it to a certain group of people. And in particular, I think you can make a reasonable case here that he might be thinking in the way that he's talking here, particularly of people who have died by this point. So it looks like John the Baptist has died by this point. So perhaps you could make the case, and this is just speculation, but theologically, what Jesus might be saying is that of all the people who have lived and died up until this point, John the Baptist was the greatest. Now, that's kind of a weaker response, but there's a much stronger response here. And this is an important lesson for all of us when when we're dealing with biblical texts, is read the whole verse. And in fact, read the whole section around it, read the whole context. But here... Uh, the objection, the Protestant objection here, which says, well, Jesus says John the Baptist is the greatest person ever. You've got to read the whole verse and you'll see that that objection itself is refuted by Jesus. So let's read the whole verse again. Among those born of women, there has risen no one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So Jesus there specifically says anyone who's in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. So Jesus here is clearly not including in his all-encompassing statement here, he's not including anyone in the kingdom of heaven. So that obviously is going to include Mary. So Mary's Mary and anyone else in the kingdom of heaven is not in view in Jesus' statement here. So I think that is enough to defeat the objection to this particular verse. Hopefully that's helpful for those who sent in this question. Some more feedback here from Lucy on Patreon. She says, I just want you to know that I love the Logical Bible Study. I heard it first on Hello, and I've learned so much from this podcast. You and Hello are making me a better person and Catholic. Thank you so much for those kind words, Lucy. And as I've said many times, Hello is genuinely doing awesome work with its whole host of audio resources that it makes available through the app. So if you haven't checked out Hello yet and you like what you hear in this podcast please consider looking at the Hello app because it has this podcast alongside a whole lot of other audio resources that will help you learn the faith. Some feedback from Mary via email. She says, you have helped pull apart some of my favorite scriptures to make them even better to pray with. Your humble direction is edifying and helps greatly with leading me to the master. Thank you so much for that feedback, Mary. And indeed, what we're trying to do in this podcast is to help you enter more deeply prayerfully into the texts of scripture and we do that by giving you a firm foundation in the literal sense first. Clarissa via email says, I want to say how much I've enjoyed your podcast and how grateful I am that I found it. Listening to your explanations has certainly made a difference to my understanding and appreciation of the gospels and how they do apply to our lives in the 21st century. Thank you for that wonderful feedback, Clarissa. We've also had a couple of questions come in about 
why is it that sometimes the gospel reading you hear in the podcast doesn't match what you hear when you go to Mass on certain days? The basic answer for that is because this podcast, as many of you would know, follows the general Roman lectionary, which is kind of the universal Western Catholic calendar, uh, which indicates which readings should be read. However, particular countries can override that uh, on certain feast days. And particularly if you listen in the US, often uh, the bishops in the US have particular feast days where the gospel reading is different in the US compared to the rest of the world. And so in that case, you might hear something a little bit different, but generally you should hear the same thing. On Patreon, Joy says, it's a pleasure to support this ministry. Logical Bible study has greatly enriched my faith. Thank you and keep up the good work of helping many understand the scriptures. So thank you for that brief message, Joy, and I'm so glad you're benefiting from the ministry. Thanks to all those who have left reviews via Apple Podcasts as well. Lots of people saying uh, that the podcast has been really informative and educational in their study of God's word. And there's a review here which says, This is the part of the scriptures I didn't know was missing. The podcast helps me understand the background of the daily gospel, what Jesus' words meant in the context of the cultural reality at the time, but also what they mean to me today as part of my own path growing closer to God. So thank you so much for that review. And another one here, this podcast has illuminated the daily gospel readings for me. It provides the cultural and historic background, but also the spiritual meaning from the perspective of the Catholic faith, which with tie-ins from the catechism. One more review here. I start each day with this podcast. It's an excellent learning tool to hear God's message. And the Patreon page helps me hear all those gospels that I missed even after 40 years of mass. So what that review is referring to at the end there is if you are interested in supporting the ministry via Patreon, uh, if you become a regular monthly donor, you can get access to bonus exegesis episodes where we go through parts of the Gospels which are never read at Mass. Um, We break those down verse by verse, just like we do in the regular podcast. We have one really amazing comment here from God First on Patreon. It's a short comment, but quite profound. He says, I am a new convert from Protestantism. Your podcast was a big part of my conversion. Excellent work. Thank you so much for that, God First. It's amazing to hear that this podcast is helping Protestants consider the Catholic Church. To me, that's quite a big deal because, as many of you know, I was a a Protestant myself uh, for many years, and that's where I learned to have a love for the Bible. And I, too, learned the richness of the Catholic faith and the way they interpret the Bible with seriousness and with method was a big part of my conversion of the Catholic faith. So, if God is using this podcast to help Protestants think about the Bible and think about the faith in a deeper way and bring them closer to the Catholic faith, then that is awesome. And I do think the Catholic way of interpreting the Bible is actually quite grounded and has a lot to offer uh, Protestants and non-denominationals who uh, might be unsure about Uh, the right way to interpret the Bible, or they might have heard different methods and different explanations. The Catholic Church is really clear on how to go about interpreting the Bible. And so uh, for a lot of Protestants, including myself, uh, that clear guidance, and uh, but on top of the fact that the Catholic Church takes the Bible seriously as the inspired word of God, together can be a really powerful case for Catholicism. Along a similar line here, this is a comment from Alberta on uh, Patreon. She says, thank you for this ministry. You really have a gift. I'm so grateful to have found you. I am a convert. Before I became Catholic, I attended a lot of Protestant Bible studies. 
it's perfect to have the catechism right along with it, and really so very important to put it all together. I'm enjoying it and learning very much. Thanks and God bless your work. Thanks for that wonderful comment, Alberta, and I'm glad that this way of approaching uh, the Bible is helping you in your journey of faith. So to the Catholics out there, don't let anyone tell you that uh, it's only Protestants that understand the Bible and that do really good Bible studies. This podcast and the response to it is evidence that uh, if we sit down and do proper study of the Bible from a Catholic perspective, open to what good scholarship has to say, but faithful to the teaching of the church, there's a real richness to that, which is quite attractive. And last one, this is a longer comment here from Jason on Patreon, and here he is indicating why he's chosen to uh, become a regular, generous contributor on Patreon. He says, I found your ministry through Hello. I recently started using that app, and I found the daily exegesis to be a very good complement to the daily mass reading. What I enjoy most about your podcast is how you put the gospel into proper context, bringing in the original language, history, and other cultural customs. It helps me to get more in-depth in my efforts to understand the gospel. I also enjoy the constant overviews and reminders about where passages fit in relation to Jesus' life and the other gospels. I'm always willing to support ministries that strive to spread solid Christ-centered Catholic teaching, and I particularly like to support small groups or individuals, such as what the Logical Bible Study Ministry is. I think the little that I can give would mean more to an individual or small group versus a larger organization. Thank you so much for that honesty there, Jason. And indeed, your contribution is so valued by this uh, small ministry. And I'm glad you're benefiting uh, from this approach to scripture. A lot of people have indicated they really enjoy in the episodes uh, where it helps you place uh, where a particular scene is in the life of Jesus and how it fits together with his overall uh, ministry. Very last thing we'll do today is I just want to play you a audio recording of some audio feedback that someone has left. Now, uh, it does get cut off because uh, when you leave a voice message uh, through the podcast apps, it only allows you to record a one minute message. So unfortunately, uh, this message from Stella got cut off after one minute, but hopefully you can hear how much this podcast is really having an impact on someone who had almost left their faith. And so for us as content creators, it's fantastic to hear. It's amazing to hear how God uses our small efforts to do massive things in people's lives. And God uses a variety of instruments to bring bring people back to him. Uh, I suppose if you're uh, thinking about making a podcast or making some sort of unique contribution to the Catholic or Christian media world, hopefully this message that you'll hear uh, gives you some motivation to really think about doing it because you never know what kind of difference your efforts can make. Hi. My name is Stella. Um, I just wanted to let you know that um, I had left the church. Um, I was quite angry with the Catholic Church, and my faith um, wavered. And um, I was speaking to my mom about it, and I've always loved Jesus and the teachings of Jesus, and. I've also always loved Mary Magdalene, and um, she found me this podcast, your podcast, and I listen to it now every day. It has restored my faith, um, maybe not so much in the church itself, but in the New Testament, and especially now that I can understand it better. 
And that is unfortunately where that message from Stella gets cut off. But Stella, thank you so so much for sending that in. And I would encourage each of you to keep supporting this ministry and other important Catholic media ministries in whatever way you can. Share this podcast around. The most important thing you can do is personally tell someone in your life how this podcast is uh, benefiting you. Consider becoming a financial supporter, and there's some information for that in the show notes. Please keep this ministry in your prayers. Uh, Thanks for sticking with this uh, feedback and Q&A session at the start of today's episode. It is a shorter episode today, which is why we've added it to the start of the episode. With all that said, let's get into the actual episode for today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Logical Bible Study. This is the Catholic podcast where we take a look at the readings from today's Mass and we try to give you the tools to really dig into the text. So we're not just reading the text. We want to really understand the text of Scripture. And so today's Gospel reading at Mass is from Luke chapter 1, verses 57 to 66. The time came for Elizabeth to have her child, and she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbours and relations heard that the Lord had shown her so great a kindness, they shared her joy. Now on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child. They were all they were going to call him Zechariah after his father, but his mother spoke up. No, she said, he is to be called John. They said to her, But no one in your family has that name and made signs to his father to find out what he wanted him called. The father asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they were all astonished. At that instant, his power of speech returned, and he spoke and praised God. All their neighbours were filled with awe, and the whole affair was talked about throughout the whole hill country of Judea. And those who heard of it, treasured it in their hearts. What will this child turn out to be, they wondered. And indeed the hand of the Lord was with him. So we're in Luke chapter 1, and Luke chapter 1 is a long chapter, and it basically forms one big unit. So earlier in Luke chapter 1, we were introduced to Elizabeth and Zechariah, and this is essentially a continuation of that that story. Just prior to this in Luke chapter 1, the visitation has occurred. So Mary comes to visit Elizabeth and she proclaims the Magnificat in that visit as well. Now those readings are read on December 21st and 22nd. That's when they're read in sequence, although there's also other times in the liturgical year when Mary's visitation of Elizabeth is covered, um, particularly on the Marian feast days. But the main time to hear this in sequence is December 21st and 22nd. So we get up to verse 57 today. The time came for Elizabeth to be delivered. Now this must be shortly after Mary left because the text said that Mary stayed until the ninth month of her pregnancy. So Mary was with her for quite a while. It appears that Mary has just left and now Elizabeth is about to give birth. Verse 58. When her neighbours and relations heard that the Lord had shown her so great a kindness... They shared her joy. So many people in the community, she probably lived in a small town, knew that Elizabeth was barren and wanted a child. And now the community rejoices with her. 
This fulfills the promise that Gabriel gave to Zechariah about John. If you read earlier in chapter 1, Gabriel told Zechariah, many will rejoice at his birth. So here we have the neighbors rejoicing. They attribute her conception of a child to God and they glorify him. This is actually one of the miracles that we forget about. People, it appears, turn to God as a result of hearing about Elizabeth's pregnancy. Verse 59, on the eighth day, so this is the day when Jews were required to circumcise a newborn child in the temple, and that's based largely on Genesis 17 verse 12. So what's circumcision all about? Well, there's a lot that could be said about it. Basically, it was the mark of belonging to God's people for males in the Old Covenant. When a male was uh, circumcised, it signaled the beginning of the child's covenant membership in Israel. Why did a child have to be circumcised? Well, in the context of when it was originally given in Genesis 17, it pointed towards sacrificing things for God. And in particular, it was actually given in relation to sexual purity. If you look at Genesis 17, you'll see the things that led up to the Uh, God commanding circumcision. The ultimate purpose of circumcision, though, was it was supposed to be an outward sign of an inward circumcision of the heart. So it's almost prefiguring sacraments, and in fact, it does prefigure baptism. So verse 59, it says, They would have named him. So the day of circumcision was usually when a Jewish child would be named. Who's the they that wants to do the naming? Well, probably Zechariah and Elizabeth's extended family who have come up for the circumcision ceremony. And they want to name him Zechariah after his father. Now, that makes sense because it was customary for boys to take the name of a male in their family, often their father. So it makes sense that they expected him to be called Zechariah. But Elizabeth says, no, he should be called John. Now, if you read earlier in chapter 1, Zechariah had been given this command by the angel Gabriel. Angel Gabriel says, you must call your son John. And he had probably told his wife about it in writing. Remember, Zechariah had become dumb. He couldn't speak. But he probably told his wife that the expected name for the child should be John in writing. Now, John means the Lord is merciful. And that's what Gabriel says. They have to call um, their son So the extended family doesn't understand. They say, well, no one in your family has that name. And so they make signs to Zechariah. Now, that's interesting. Why would they have to make signs to Zechariah if he's only been struck dumb? He should still be able to hear them. The fact that they need to make signs to him suggests that actually at the time he was struck dumb, he was probably struck deaf as well. The Greek word kophos can actually refer to either condition. So it appears that he might have been struck both deaf and dumb at the same time. Verse 63, Zechariah settles the matter by writing on a wooden tablet covered with wax. His name is John, and that's what those wooden tablets would have looked like, and very solemn, his name is John. And they all marveled. They were surprised that Zechariah wanted this name. It would have been very unexpected. They were probably scratching their heads going, why does Zechariah want to name his son John? As soon as he does that, verse 64, immediately his mouth opened and his tongue loosed. So the temporary punishment that was given to Zechariah for his unbelief is lifted. That temporary punishment, if you like, has now served its purpose. Zechariah has learned his lesson. That's an interesting thing about this story that we often miss. And he spoke blessing God. Notice that's his very first response after he's healed. He speaks and he blesses God. The words he says are recorded in the Benedictus prayer, 
in verse 67 onwards of Luke chapter 1. And that is read on the morning mass on December 24th, if you want to hear his prayer that he glorifies God with. But for now, the narrative continues. Verse 65, we learn that everyone that sees it is fearful because they've just seen this miraculous healing from God. And it's going to make sense for them to wonder what it could all mean. They're thinking, why was Zechariah's tongue loosed as soon as he confirmed that the child's name is to be called John? What's going on here? What's God up to? It says all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. So that's the hill country area around Jerusalem where Elizabeth and Zechariah lived. Word spreads among the community of all that has happened. Verse 66, all who heard of it treasured it in their hearts. Basically, that means thought deeply about what was going on and what it could all mean. They try to work out how it all fits together. And they say to themselves, what then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. So it's obvious to the people who've seen this uh, circumcision and naming ceremony of John that this is no ordinary child. God has his eye and his protection on him. And the people in Elizabeth and Zechariah's town know this and they start to talk about what does this all mean? What's going on? Now, there are no catechism references today, which actually link to what we've heard in Luke chapter 1, but I'd encourage you to keep this ministry in your prayers. Logical Bible study is all about expanding the kingdom of God by helping Catholics and other people understand the literal sense of scripture. So if this podcast has helped you do that, then please tell others about it. Thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow.